the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus did not come to this world to be anything other than a king in your life. The out-of-control life and the heart that stands condemned needs a king to rule and a king to set the guilty heart free. That is Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. And as a reminder, you can always tune into the live worship service held every Saturday at 11 o'clock and Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. You're most welcome to be our guest, either online or in person. I'll have more information on that as we continue with today's broadcast. Today's message with Pastor Michael Oxentanko. It is the conclusion to a message we started the last time we were together, entitled The Christmas King. A message from a long time ago, but still very, very pertinent today, and we hope that you enjoy it. Here now is Pastor Mike. Before he could rule the nations with a rod of iron, the Christmas king must conquer every person's evil with a crown of thorns as the symbol of his personal victory over every thorn. Think about it. Every thorn that hurts you deep in your life that you kind of talk about when no one's listening, maybe it bleeds out when they do. Every thorn in your side or in your heart or person was part of his crown of thorns. Every pain that pricks you stabbed him deeper than it does you. Every sin, every failure, and every disappointment that cuts you inside was keenly felt as his wound at the cross and he faced every person's torture One sin at a time inside his heart and on his head there was a crown of thorns because there is no sin that did not pierce him. He wears a crown of thorns. The Christmas king wore a different kind of crown. The prophet Isaiah described the awful horror of the cross when he said God has caused to meet in him all of our sins. Friend, there's nothing ugly and awful in you that did not find its prickly way into his heart and mind at the cross of Calvary. And so on the cross, the coming king conquered everything that you cannot overcome on your own. He overcame every single sin, every single weakness of character, every single outcome that threatens to crush you so that you can have God's authority in life to have victory in his name. Hallelujah to the Son of God. The Christmas King. Jesus' disciples wanted him to set up his kingdom on earth. Isn't that how it is? You say, Lord, give me what I want right now. Give me a breakthrough right now so I can solve my problems here on earth. And friend, God is not going to give you a breakthrough. I had a friend of mine at WAVA, David Ruleman, who shared with me recently. He says, you know, Pastor Mike, God is not offering you a breakthrough at Reaching Hearts. He's offering you something which is a brought through. He's going to bring you through whatever challenges you face. He's not going to pull you out of them. 
You don't need a breakthrough at this time. You need to be brought through. And that was very profound to hear that from him. You know, that's what Jesus does. He doesn't offer to just remove you from the challenges that are causing the frustration. He offers you the strength and the power to get through them, to become a better person, to have God in the mix. So Christ's disciples wanted him to set up his kingdom on earth, and he didn't do that. Luke 19, 11, and they heard these things. Christ proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. I mean, they wanted a right now kind of religion. Give me heaven right now. Take away the cross. Take away the suffering. Give me what I want now. But Jesus says in verse 12, he said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far off country. What does the text say? To receive his kingdom and then return. Christ told Pilate that his kingdom is not of this world, right? How many voices do we hear saying today, well, his kingdom is of this world. You can have it all right now. You pray, you do the right thing, you, you put your prayer money in the box and God will give you what you want today. That is the popular foolish religion that we hear today on the television and the, and the radio so often, but it's not God's religion. The one who will rule the world at the end of time would not receive his kingdom here on earth. The Bible is very clear. He would have to go into a far off country to receive his kingdom and then return. A nobleman, the parable says, went into a far country to receive his kingdom and then return. Many Christians say, oh, Pastor Mike, how do we, how do we know that Jesus is Lord? He's been gone for so many years. Christ was very clear why he went away. He says, I have gone to the Father to come into his presence, that, that king, and to receive my kingdom from him. In heaven I will receive it. When I receive it, I will return with it. The Christmas king receives his kingdom in that far off country, then he returns. So it's very clear here in the parable, something happens in heaven just before the second coming of Jesus. And Christians should be utterly aware of its cosmic significance because it will precipitate the return of Christ. Jesus came to this world, friend, to receive a crown of thorns. But when he returns from that far-off country of heaven, he will have received his kingdom from his Father. Revelation 19.12, Jesus returns with the armies of heaven with a crown with many diadems. And in verse 16, it says, He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Christ was absolutely clear that he went to heaven to receive his kingdom and then return. The prophet Daniel saw this heavenly scene. He saw four great beasts representing four world empires, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. He saw the divided Rome of the Middle Ages, the ten horns come up. He saw an antichrist power in the Middle Ages, a little horn taking out three, subverting the authority of God in the church, persecuting the Christian church during the Middle Ages. At the end of the Middle Ages, he saw a reversal in heaven. He saw something happen in a heavenly judgment that gave to Christ the kingdom, that took it away from this medieval little horn power that turned the course of human events. Daniel 7, 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions, and what does it say? And behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. Look in the verse. Does it say he came to this earth in that verse? It doesn't say that. He said, what does it say? He came to the ancient of days and was presented to him. So here's a picture of Christ at the end of the Middle Ages, not coming to the earth in the clouds of heaven, but coming into the presence of the Ancient of Days, coming into the throne room of the universe. And look what happens in verse 14. 
To him was given dominion and glory and kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. I mean, the Bible's very clear. When that nobleman went into a far-off country to receive his kingdom, he would return. This event does not occur at the beginning when Christ first ascended. It occurs near the end of time, after the Middle Ages, just before the second coming of Christ. Now, we've been studying the seven trumpets of Revelation. And the seventh trumpet is about the nobleman who receives his kingdom in that far-off country in heaven. In the ancient Jewish festival system, a trumpet was blown on the first day of every month for the purpose of holy convocation. There were seven sacred months in the Hebrew feast calendar system. From the first month, the Passover month of Nisan, to the final feast of tabernacles in the seventh month, the month of Tishra. From Nisan to Tishra, seven months, seven new moon trumpet blasts. That's where we get the seven trumpets of Revelation. The seventh month began with the seventh trumpet, the seventh new moon trumpet, that marked the end of the religious year and the beginning of God's reign for the future. In Leviticus 23-24, the seventh trumpet was called the feast for the blowing of trumpets. When a king would ascend the throne of Israel, it was also symbolic because it represented the enthronement of God and his Messiah. And so they would blow trumpets when a king would come to the throne. Look at 1 Kings chapter 134. And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet there anoint him, Solomon, king of Israel, then blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. So what does God do in heaven as Christ is ready to be enthroned in that far-off country, as he is ready to receive his kingdom, we have the seventh trumpet of the apocalypse, the fulfillment of the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. We have the fulfillment of that in heaven, the great trumpet blast heralding the enthronement of Christ. The prophecy of Daniel 7, 13, and 14 is actualized and described in detail in the seventh trumpet. Revelation eleven fifteen. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. There were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Now, how many of you like an out-of-control life? Raise your hand. You want an out-of-control life? Okay, no one. Based on this verse, there is no more world kingdom order that will have any authority over you. At the end of the Middle Ages, when Christ came before the Ancient of Days, The kingdom was given to Jesus. And the 24 elders who sat on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God saying, We give thanks to thee, Lord God Almighty, who art and who wast, that thou hast taken thy great power and begun to reign. This is not an earthly scene. This is a heavenly scene. This is a pre-advent judgment whereby Christ receives his kingdom. At the end of time, the authority of the Christmas king will bring the world to an end. Revelation 10, the book of Daniel is unsealed at the time of the end, in the year 1798, at the end of the 1260-year prophecy. When the open book of Daniel is in his hand, that mighty angel that comes down from heaven swears an oath. He makes a promise that God will finish his work on earth in the days of the seventh trumpet. The seventh trumpet is the last trumpet call to this planet to warn the world, to prepare the world for the coming of Christ because it announces that Jesus is king. Revelation 10, 7. But in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God as he announced to his servants the prophets should be fulfilled. Earthly kings 
may oppose the authority of Jesus Christ in the last days of the seventh trumpet. But it doesn't mean they're going to win because Christ has been enthroned on God's holy hill as King of kings and Lord of lords. The book of Revelation calls this final period of the seventh trumpet the third woe. It is the conflict that will precipitate and bring about the return of Jesus. The mark of the beast test will come in the days of the seventh trumpet. The wrath of God and the anger of the nations will meet in conflict that will precipitate the battle of Armageddon and a global test for everyone who lives on the face of the earth in the days of the seventh trumpet. At the time of the end, when the book of Daniel is open and the mystery of the gospel is announced and finished, the nations will rally and rage to oppose the kingdom of of Christ. Christ, the people of God on the earth, and we will be thrown into the third woe, the final struggle for good and evil on planet earth. Revelation eleven eighteen. the nations raged, but thy wrath came and the time for the dead to be judged, for rewarding thy servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear thy name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Friend, God's wrath is his response to the anger of the nations. And why are the nations so angry at the end of time? I mean, why can't they just mind their own business? Why are they out to destroy all that God has set up? Contextually, what's going on? Why do they want to institutionalize every form of evil today as the law of the land? Have you noticed that? That if it's evil, it ends up being a right or a freedom? That people want to institutionalize the the moral degradation of the country? Why is the marriage commandment assaulted today in a perverse kind of way in our culture? It was unthinkable 100 years ago. Why is Christmas frowned upon in the public square? I mean, why can't they just leave it alone? Have you noticed that? I mean, in New Jersey, holiday tree, you hear what I'm saying? Because the word Christmas is a violation of the separation of church and state. Who ever heard of such a thing? Why do the nations just want Jesus out of the public square, Christ out of every part of our lives? It's because there's a war going on. We're living during the time when the nations are raging. David knew the answer in Psalms 2. Psalms 2, 1, he says, Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heaven laughs. The Lord has them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I mean, it's a fact. We live in a world kingdom system that does not want to bow down and recognize the Christmas king as king of kings and lord of lords. That's just how it is. In the year 1844, as we have been studying, at the end of the longest time prophecy, the 2300-year prophecy of Daniel 8.14, Christ was carried into the most holy place in fulfillment of Daniel 7 and 8, right into the presence of God the Father, to receive his kingdom. In the middle of the 1800s, at the end of the Middle Ages, at the end of the great Advent awakening in the 1800s, after the book of Daniel was unsealed in the year 1798, at the end of the 1260-year prophecy, at the time of the great disappointment of 1844, when people wanted him to come here, and he was coming to his father, Jesus came before his father in the heavenly sanctuary to receive his kingdom in that far-off land and then return. Something had to happen in heaven before Jesus returned here. A nobleman went into a far-off country 
to receive his kingdom and then return. We are living in the antitypical day of atonement. It is the judgment hour of human history. It is most holy time place for the world. The Christmas king who, who wore the crown of thorns at the cross will soon return with a crown of many diadems in all his glory. He will crush the nations with a rod of iron. And so the nations rage today because they don't want to keep God's law. They don't want Jesus as king of kings. Demons are motivating the world kingdom system to defy the living Christ who is king of the universe. And so they rage because they want to redefine the family along satanic lines. They want to mess up the church. They want to stifle religion in the public square. They want to prevent people of faith from having faith in earth. And they rage because God's Ten Commandments irritates them and they want them out of the way as useless relics of an insignificant two-moral past better left forgotten. Down with the law of Sinai for the law of the beast. They rage because they don't want Jesus' kind of kingdom in this new world order they're making for themselves. The beast in the book of Revelation is the world kingdom system which stands as antichrist at the end. And today the nations worship the world beast instead of the coming Christmas king. We will continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. So please stay tuned. If you would like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that at the close of our broadcast today. You can also attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend a live service in streaming format on that website. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. Friend, this Christmas, when a state in our country tries to find a way to remove Jesus from our culture, this is not about the separation of church and state. It's about the hatred of religion. We live in a very crazy kind of mix today. Now, we have been involved in a struggle for religious freedom here in our historic land use issues with Prince George's County. And so we we care about religious freedom. We care about the separation that's natural and right in God's plan. But friend, when the state tries to push religion and the expression of faith out of our culture, it's crossed a line that doesn't make sense to me. Get the Christ out of Christmas, they say, and call the Christmas tree a holiday tree or something else. Light it quickly, as they did in New Jersey. Let no one see you do it. Then just move on. Let Jesus be gone. And the seventh trumpet of the Bible says, The nations raged, but thy wrath came. According to the ancient Jewish people, the seventh trumpet of Tishra was the trumpet that announced the judgment when God would open the books to judge the world and to judge his people. Every person was to afflict their soul. They were to search their hearts for ten days, the ten days of awe, from the first day to the tenth day, representing the Ten Commandments. So they would be right with God and so God would freely forgive his people in this end time judgment. Revelation 11, 18, the nations raged, but thy wrath came. Time for the dead to be judged, for rewarding thy servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear thy name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. In verse 18, the judgment in heaven moves from the righteous dead to the righteous living who fear God's name, both small and great, at the end of time. It moves from those who have been faithful to God who have died to those who are alive on earth. It comes into what we call the mark of the beast test on earth, where every person will make a decision for or against Christ. Will they obey the clamor of the nations or will they bow down to the Christmas king? 
At the very end of time, friend, God is directing men and women to the heavenly sanctuary inside the most holy place before his throne where Christ has gone to receive his kingdom because that law of God that Lucifer defied is part of God's eternal architectural plan for the universe. At the very place where sin started, inside the most holy place where Satan accused God and his son, where Satan defied the master plan of the universe, it is there that that nobleman went into that far off country to receive his kingdom. It's there that he will show his hands and his side. He will confess us by name before his father and one name at a time as people will be given to him as his kingdom. Christ receives his kingdom where sin started in the presence of the heavenly Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant contains the holy Ten Commandment law of God. Isn't it strange? We live in a Christian culture today where many Christian ministers today will say the law of God was nailed to the cross. They are mouthing the very accusations of Lucifer when he started the great controversy in heaven. Friend, Jesus was nailed to the cross of Calvary because God's law cannot be removed from the universe. God could not set aside the foundation of justice and mercy. He could not remove the moral mandate, which is the very essence of his name, which is the everlasting covenant. And so he sent the Son of God who has the name of God in him. And Christ hung on that cross And the law of God stands in eternity because the foundation of it is the cross of Calvary, the blood-spilt gift of Jesus that was given for us. The Ark of the Covenant is in heaven. And when people say the law of God is done away with, how do you explain the fact that the Ark that holds the Ten Commandment law of God is in the heavenly temple? Christ will confess his people before his Father who love him. And those who fear his name, both small and great, will be saved from the final issues of the end. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And my Father will love you. And we will come and make our home with you. And he also prayed, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Revelation eleven nineteen. Then God's temple in heaven was opened. And the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. And there were flashes of lightning voices, peals of thunder, an earthquake and heavy hail. Verse 19 contains imagery from Mount Sinai, thunder, lightning, flashes of lightning, voices. The Ark of the Covenant is the special box that held the Ten Commandments. Sinai is the place that God gave the law. That final generation, the days of the seventh trumpet, must hear the voice of God, must be faithful to God, must have faith in Jesus and keep the commandments of God. Yesterday morning I woke up at the house and felt a little bit, felt cold to me. You ever woken up in your house and somehow the cold got in? Never happened to you? What happened to me? I've been on the road traveling most of the night, and I was surprised to find a sense of an unusual chill in our home. So I went downstairs, and sure enough, the door was wide open, and it was a bright yellow note that was taped to the door that was open inside. Someone had come in and put that right there on our door, uh, dangerously close to invading our home. After pulling the tape off the open door, I reached for the note and quickly read it. I was curious to see what it said. It read, Dear customer, Merry Christmas. Due to theft of tips on tops of trash cans, if you wish to give your driver a tip, please try to do so by taping it to the inside of your trash can or hand it to the driver personally. Make check payable to your driver, Joseph Payne. Checks can be mailed to the address below, Potomac Disposal, Inc. The note ends by saying, Please, no beer or alcohol. This is not a solicitation. 
I couldn't believe that he stuck that thing on my door. There are times that are tough out there, isn't it? This is a bad year for people. It's pretty clear to me that my trash collector wants a Christmas tip from me. He took some unusual risks to make it clear. Think of it. He gives of himself all year long, day after day, picking up my trash. And now all he wants is some expression of appreciation at Christmas. A little Christmas gratitude. Friend, 2,000 years ago, Christ came to this world to collect every person's personal trash into his heart and mind and to die for it on the cross of Calvary. The crown of your personal thorns pricked him deeply. He came to deal with the rotten stuff that you can't handle in your home and life. He came to absorb the smelly resentments of daily conflicts, the putrefied hatred of unforgiveness, the awful anger that lingers in a life that is unconverted and rotten to the core. He came to give you peace in his place, in place of these things. He came to give you God's love. Friend, Jesus is not a gift from God this Christmas. Jesus is the gift from God that is God. There is no victory in life without a king in your life. That's just a fact. And Jesus did not come to you this Christmas to be anything less than the Christmas king, king of kings and lord of lords for you. Dear Heavenly Father, for every person here, who lacks authority in their life, who has that thorn that causes them to bleed, that pricks them deep inside, and they seek another king than a self-righteous one inside. May Jesus be the Christmas king for every heart that surrenders to you in this place. May he be Lord of lords and king of kings. And may all the good that he brings, peace, love, and forgiveness, be given to the heart that can't do these things, that can't make it happen on their own. Father, we can never receive these gifts without humility. As we bow down this Christmas, may we find at the foot of cross the manger of Bethlehem and the eyes that forgive. In Jesus' name, amen. That will conclude a message from 2016 with Pastor Michael Lauzitego quite a long time ago. We thought you would enjoy it as well today. It was entitled to the Christmas King. And a Merry Christmas to you and a Happy New Year to all of your family from everyone here at Reaching Your Heart. We would really love it if you would join us for our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock and Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. either online or in person. If you would like to join us in person, the address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. That's 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you are certainly welcome to join us online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.